All right, all right, all right. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Fantastic. (laughs) Welcome to Therapy of the Absurd, episode 56. We're almost 60, everyone. We're almost Wow. Wow. I feel it in my back. back. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, like I didn't know that that was why, but it now it makes perfect sense. <laughs> when you when you have a baby, um, one of the places, the first labor pain I was told, and I experienced it was in my back. Like, I, and I asked a, a a mentor at the time, I said, "Well, how will I know?" She said, "You're gonna feel it." Thursday, April twenty fifth, two thousand two. The first thing I felt was something go up my back, and I was headed to get pictures taken of my belly as a, you know, so that we could all prove that I had actually given birth to this child that I just didn't, you know, when I came to my college homecoming at Tuskegee, they could all believe that I actually had given birth. So I was like, I'm taking these pictures, labor or no labor, contractions or no contractions. I'm going to drive this five speed Isuzu Trooper, big old black truck over to this girl's house. (laughs) Oh my God. Belly. Um, And all I'll say is because he was um, expected a week later, um, his due date was the following Thursday. So I was like, maybe this isn't real. So, I, and because they were far apart, they weren't the close like contraction. I mean, labor is uh, immediately happening. I um, I went on, we took pictures. I got in every position that she told me and I had a doctor's appointment. I said, well, let me call the doctor's office and just let them know I'd like to come a little early because I'm already out. And I was just like, and hey, oh, by the way, I'm having labor pains. I'd be like, oh, well, you should just go to the straight to the hospital. I said, today? I got stuff to do this weekend. I thought the baby was coming next week. I didn't like on account, like the baby already had it in their planner and right, they had right, been right. informed like, of the specific date. Right, right. So, yeah. So, to, shame. so that's labor. You had a labor pain up your back. You had a labor pain. Dang, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. I um I, I did a throwback this week. I went grocery shopping and I got like jello cups. I got bologna American cheese, white gluten-free go. bread, uh, tomato <laughs> soup, like those little icy pops oh, that are go. like the long sleeve icy pops. You just oh, yeah. and it comes in a sheet, you just throw it in the thing, but oh, everybody yeah. gets the blue and the pink one. Oh yeah. Uh I got all of those. And y'all, you know, what I realized the jello is too sweet for me now. Um bologna and cheese sandwiches taste like absolutely nothing um as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> so I am just waiting for my I feel like my little freezy pop is going to be the one thing that I could say like okay this is actually good but I'm like my blood sugar high like I need to go to the doctor I feel I was my dizzy girl what do I miss most as an adult little Debbie cakes I'm like I, I feel like if Ooh. I see a little right if I see a little because my favorite were the Swiss cake rolls and the oatmeal cream pies Man, in college, I chow down. What are you saying? <laughs> right now, I think if I look at one, I have a stroke like that. I'm like, <laughs> they so sweet. Like when you don't eat as much sugar, like you just like, like I got a, a strawberry jello right now to kind of get get me on over, you know. <laughs> podcast. We need you to know. find out if there are healthy jello because there are healthy. There's a ten percent, but I always am like, whatever you had to do to get to the ten grams of sugar. Ain't going in my body, right? Well, and, then, and then sugar, uh-huh. and I drink a bunch of water, and we just gonna pray that I pee it out. 
Right. All those <laughs> other things that's in there on the ingredient right. list besides the whatever, whatever. You know, because I, I learned one time that in the, in the um, factory, like Chicago, sorry, Kool-Aid is made in uh, a factory in Chicago. And when I learned that they had to wear like goggles and gloves and all kind of stuff to make Kool-Aid, I'm Ooh, like, wow. But we drinking that? Like, oh, right. and real. you can't touch it? Like, it's flammable? It's what? Anyway, I don't know when I'd have had some Kool-Aid. It cleans Lord. a car engine? <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, that's Coca-Cola. That again. Be good, but oh, yes, yeah, like. Cleans a car engine? <laughs> right, right, right. Like Coca-Cola? Like Coca-Cola cleans oh. battery tops and battery uh, connectors. Man. I can't imagine what that shit does inside your body. I mean, oh, it's cleaning yes. you. It's just cleaning you. It's a it's a <laughs> detox. What is it? It's like a you know vampire facial for the inside of your body. Just that's right. Not the all, all <laughs> oh my god, Stefan, what about you? Wow, right? so many adventures. We finished moving out of the apartment. It took about almost five days. We finished yesterday into today, two a.m. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, I know that Somebody give me no coffee, please. I don't want diarrhea. But no, <laughs> seriously. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. And we had to put the dog up for a few days because how the hell are you going to move from two places where you got a dog <laughs> fucking walk running me, around? Walk you know? me, walk <laughs> me, yeah. me, I'm going right. to take a noose right here. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> like yesterday or this morning, right? I wake up. I'm I'm good to go. I couldn't figure out why the dog was hiding. I got out of the room like, what the hell? I hear some bre- faint breathing, like hiding somewhere. I go to like open up the blinds to the left of me. But a good thing I was like aware 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 i look down whoa a big ass turd on the floor oh no <laughs> right i didn't have any slippers on no oh. oh you ever squash that shit between your toes oh Never. Never, ever. <laughs> Ooh, it's a party man it's a party you don't want to go to that party though you won't go to that party that's not a cool no. party <laughs> <laughs> that's the dookie in your toes party that ain't fun no <laughs> so you know that of course that had to get cleaned up but you know it's it, man and then she came back smelling like she swam in the la river and 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 who knows what else man it, it, damn <laughs> she smelled really bad and she's like clawing at the door can i get up in the bedroom come on let me, let me sleep in the bed with you daddy hell no you can take your ass <laughs> out in the living room <laughs> yeah get to get to step in <laughs> um you know but we finished and you know uh we're almost done the patio though is literally barricaded so if we if a zombie apocalypse starts like like within the next 30 minutes we're good we're good Whoa. we can't get in the patio they can't come in that way <laughs> yeah it's blocked off <laughs> you know um uh and just, just trying to maintain sanity you know, just like everybody else, I just, I just gotta, gotta keep it together. <laughs> you got this, Stefan. Oh yeah. We all, there's so many people trying to keep it together right now, and I think it's really important. Everybody is honest about like how we're feeling, what's mm. going on, how it's really affecting us. Heard about Miss USA that right? jumped to her death on the 29th Damn. floor suicide. 29 she, floors. Yes, she was only 30 years old. She was a correspondent for Extra. Uh, her family spoke out and said she was suffering from high-functioning depression. But she was yeah. going out, putting on that happy face, 
acting right. like everything's all right. And yeah. I think it's good, like, to sometimes say, like, I'm not all right. I'm really tired. I, I work. I, I, I need moved. help. Like, I, I'm I trying help. to keep my mind together. Yeah. But it's a struggle because I'm going through real life problems. You right. know, I think it's important for we us all to make each other aware of the truth. Yeah. I totally like at my doctor's appointment on Tuesday, I had a final, I had an annual checkup that was, you know, 12, what is, I think it'd been, what'd she say? 18 months. Cause the last checkup was by phone in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, she did a little survey about depression and it's so it's tough. I have to admit for whatever reason, it's not easy to answer those questions, honestly. And also because our lives are a lot of our lives to me, have a certain dichotomy. Because on the mm. one hand, yeah, I love comedy. I'm doing comedy. I'm writing. I'm doing shows, whatever. But on the other hand, I don't, I'm tired a lot. I don't feel like doing anything. My apartment has been a mess perpetually for a whole lot of months. Like, I'm stepping and trying not to fall. I was like, don't fall on anything because you don't want them to find you dead in here. Peter and broke your fucking face. Like, like I'm just, I'm having a, you know. And, and but my doctor, but I, I tried to answer as close to honest as I could. And she was like, okay, so you're, so she literally said, so you're moderately depressed. Here's a number. Call this number. And she, and she who was my doctor, my doctor forever. She was just like, I, I called them during the pandemic. She said, I was really having some problems with my own daughter. I felt some kind of way. I called them. Mm. They were very helpful. So I literally have this number. In fact, I will go somewhere and I'll type it in. It's a mental health hotline. And she told yeah. me they were very helpful. And I have been like, it. What, literally y'all, when we finished with my pap smear, she just ripped off like a little bit of the little bed tape and wrote it out for me. Just so oh, wow. you know, I didn't have, Goodness. you know, and so this thing is real. Cause she asked me about the Miss America thing too. Cause wow. I wasn't, I don't know if I was aware, but she asked me about it in the doctor's office and she's been my doctor for years. And we've actually wow. like, I don't, she gave me like a ice abuse, something like she gave me like a, um, what do you call that? Like a, uh, maybe an antidepressant, but like, I felt like it was, it either made me really, really keyed up or lethargic. Like I couldn't, and mm. I, and and part of this whole journey with with dealing with anxiety is, it's the patience to say, okay, well, when should I take it? Let me let me figure out based on how my body. Like that's not there because you just, mm. I don't. I mean, I may not, I may be high functioning, depressed, but I know what this is. So I know when I can get stuff out of me, but if I start taking pills and then I'm tired, like then I'm going to be agitated. Like it's a, it's almost like a, not almost, it's a hamster wheel, right? Oh yeah. It's, trying to know when a, you're going to be okay. Oh so, yeah. It's an experiment. Um, <laughs> it is. It, it, and it feels like an experiment. It's not in a patient, not a patient process. I admittedly, what was very helpful when I caught COVID was I actually got back into my meditation pro- uh, mm. practice. And I did, I think last week I got off track. Like last mm. week was the first week off track. So I'm like just working to get on track, but I'm going to call this number tomorrow so that I can report back the next time we're together to all, all the right. people. And I'm going to put like, I'm going to go over here to Facebook and type it in in case there's anybody that knows anybody that knows anybody. That oh might no, yeah, we all, we all need help. You know, you it's know, just love. Gotta, gotta have, it, t- it takes a lot to, you know, ask for help. Mm-hmm. It's it, whether it be, ego or pride or just shame you know you're just afraid you just gotta reach out man you know life is life is uh precious you know it you is. have a you have a uh not to be too frank even though my name is stefan uh but you know <laughs> you know but uh they have millions of sperm that go to the egg man okay we're just gonna put it out there they got millions and millions of sperm that go to the egg there's one that gets in there unless you know you're, you're unlucky and you got to share the womb it happens um you know octomom but so you know it, it 
to, to even be alive, you won the lottery, you know? Right. And so, yeah. and so you just got to really, you know, count your blessings, count, be fortunate, be appreciative of what you got and just, you know, seek help if you need help. Don't, you know, everybody, everybody needs a little help, you know? Yes, we all do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I love that your doctor evaluated your mental health along with your physical health. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I understand what you're saying about not being able to answer questions, honestly, because you feel both, you know, it's like a range of feelings. And right. so, you know, yes, I feel this, but I also feel that, right. you know, so I get she, that. But I love that they kind of let you know where you're at. Right. Um, I would say with my mental health journey, um, they offer me medication. Um, they always do. Like they've offered me medication three separate times and I finally had my real therapist this week. Um, but they were very clear after I was like, well, can I wait until I do some talk therapy just to see if right. some things work first before yeah. I try medication? Cause I'm kind of weird about it, but if I need it, I will take it. And mm. they were like, Oh yeah, we recommend then- that definitely. So like, if you feel like it doesn't feel right for you, like totally you can always think about talk therapy or even going to a psychiatrist and trying to see if they can adjust it since you're just suffering from a mild case at this time, which uh-huh. also they say is very normal because we, it's so many things that we don't know and we're coping with a pandemic, trying to make life work, you know, and especially the perfectionists in the world and the, right. you know, people that need security, you know, a lot of people are struggling with depression and anxiety. And so it's very treatable. But sometimes it sneaks up on you. Like it snuck up on me and I didn't know I was suffering from it. But if wow. you know you don't feel right, you deserve to feel good. So just give yourself the benefit of trying to get help. Yes, definitely. I'm trying to get right. Wanna, because the, cause like, cause inter- the other thing is, yeah, we do, we do. And also before we, as we, as we introduce my sister, um, we're not live on Facebook. Does anybody know? Yeah, that? unfortunately, I found out today <laughs> somebody, and I don't know who, decided to flag it. And so, yeah. And so I have to investigate and call them and see why they won't let us post the damn podcast on Facebook. Not on YouTube or or. Uh, so we're good Twitter on YouTube. Or, yeah, YouTube are good. Twitch were good. Uh, since I, you know, we, I, I couldn't remember. I, I forgot about yeah. Twitch. I don't know and why. And we're on I Twitter. Gotta... Twitter as well. Well, but we're not. But we're not live. Are we live on Twitter? Uh, yeah, we're live on Twitter. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I need to. Cl- All right, I'm just gonna explore. <laughs> I, 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 like, Sorry, I, I should have said that. That's my bad. But yeah, Facebook. Uh, I it won't. It will not. I have to call I them didn't. and figure out what the hell's going on, or I don't know who or how because. You know, we put up so many damn things before, and now somebody has yeah. a problem. All right, and I apologize. I was trying to open the YouTube, but it, the sound was on, and but um, I heard you. So we're we're live. I don't know why I can't remember Twitch. I right, listen. So um, my sister is saying it's staticky, but we're gonna we're gonna bring her up. We're gonna trust. We're gonna believe. We are. We've got uh, internet internet Jesus um, on the case. <laughs> on the ready. 
Um, so coming to the stage, because that's I've been hosting a lot on Clubhouse and I've been like in I host I um not I didn't have to full on host, but I you know did my thing last night at Flappers. So I'm so used to saying coming to the stage. Woo, woo. okay. So coming to the stage screen um is a comedian that is uh nola to new york new york back to nola and this month will be back to new york um she is incredible uh uh, uh um nigerian parents but raised in oklahoma born in, in this country raised in oklahoma made her way to new orleans the 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 um the big easy one of the best cities in america i uh, met this comedian actually on clubhouse um has high energy and just thinks outside the box and just has jokes that abound. Please welcome to the stage. We call her Comedy Chew. Woo! Woo! Yay! Yay! Woo! Chew. Welcome to the stage. All right, Chew, how's it feeling? You look good. Oh my gosh, y'all. Okay, so it's yeah. We can hear oh, I you. I love regular Jesus. I'm not sure if I believe in internet Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. The connection is so so. We're gonna see if we can rock with it. Like oh. I know. And you know, but here's the thing. So while you try not to believe in internet Jesus, you better find you a, a, a internet Buddha, an internet God, an internet Allah, an internet somebody. Uh, so we can get you loud and clear and perfect um on this thing. Yes. Uh, you don't have to mess. You could choose another. There's so many dates. Internet beach news. You know, there's a whole lot of folks. Um, Yoda, you know, I mean. Yeah, internet Yoda. You could. <laughs> you know, Baby you Yoda. Know, he was wise. <laughs> Say that, Victoria. I said he was wise. <laughs> right. There is no try. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Chu. So, Chu, just to start off, you were we were in a room today. It was raining. So, how's the weather there in New Orleans in the Big East? It's been raining all day, but you know what? I, it's hard for me to complain about New Orleans weather because people have like real winters. Whenever I say like, "Oh my gosh, I have to wear a light jacket for the third day in a row," they're like, "You know, I'm like." I'm shoveling snow. You know, like there's no sympathy. So it is it is lovely compared to most of um, the country. Not LA. LA is supposed to have purpose. So how how is it where y'all are? It's um it's cool at night. Um, what I, all of us are in different parts of town, I believe. I mean, I'm in Mid City, Victoria. You're in the Valley, Stephen. What part of town? I'm you're in, in I'm Torrance. In Torrance. Yeah. So you guys, we all have to be honest with you. We all have very individual weather. So I'm just gonna say it's been mild, cool at night, nice in the daytime. Everybody else, way Same. the hell too cold. <laughs> Same. It's it's getting it's no, back in the sixties during the, the day. As soon as it started snowing in New York, I was like, oh. It's appointment only. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back, but oof, I can't. I can't really do cold that much. But um, yeah. But I feel great. Oh, I feel okay. great right now. Can y'all hear me though? This was like a testing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we yeah. cannot. We can hear you. It's just it's giving us the blues. So it's kind of messing up. It's kind of messing up. I'm no, sorry. I agree. Snow, snow is not not fun. Really, really crazy snow weather is not fun because you get frostbite and shit starts falling off. True. <laughs> I mean, hey man, I'm just saying. I don't know. What, I mean, if you if you value what you got, you better cover it up. You walking outside right. and it's it's all naked, then so oh, maybe man. it needs to fall off. Right. 
You know, come no, back in the house, your mama like, that's what you get. I told you. That's why you lost your nose. Yeah. Should have stayed inside. <laughs> That'd be horrible, right? That was so bad. <laughs> that's why you the jacket on, obey. Yeah. Oh. Um, this is so <laughs> to make sure nothing else on your I know you're on your phone right now. Make sure nothing else is running. Make sure that no other no other app is running. Make sure that the only thing running on your phone is is this. And everybody big smiles right quick. I'm gonna get us a screenshot. All right, one more. You gave us the no T smile too. Oh, do you think maybe you think something else is in Maybe I'll take it off my computer. <laughs> is that any better? No. Uh -uh. Is it still as bad? Is it the same? Oh, so there's like it sounds like there's a gremlin. Audio interview. Like it sounds like there's a gremlin um, in there with you. That's horrible audio quality. <laughs> oh, you know what? You do you have headphones? There's a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. Like if you, I know we said earlier that they weren't mandatory, but if you have them, let me see. I can. Okay, that might solve it. There is a gremlin. I was trying to cut you a break. Like I know how it is. Like I just like I even I have my Bluetooth speaker right now. My headphones are actually in the car, so I was in my head. I was like, I don't want anybody to see. I will say that though. I love I love the Gremlins movie. Two is okay, but one is amazing. Wait, can you can you hear me now? Oh my gosh. It does ask you to put your headphones on. Okay. You know, and I and now it's my fault because I was like, well, it's not Thank mandatory. Okay. Uh, clearly, clearly, it is mandatory for Yes, now we cooking with grease. Isn't that some shit, right? You either get uh, transferred uh, uh, to the Philippines or India when oh. you make those calls. <laughs> I think I know what your problem awesome. is, sir. No, you don't. Oh, wow, so mm -hmm. much better, y'all. I'll be honest, that was horrible. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just a, a challenge in focus and mindfulness. You like, so you really had to pay close attention and give you so undivided yeah. attention. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, good, good. Yay. Thank the internet gods. And, uh, but yeah, now, now we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We're all <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> yes. So, Comedy Chew, what is the comedy scene like? Oh, this is great. Thank y'all for your patience. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what's the comedy Victoria I will said, tell you, because I've been spending a, oh. most of the last few months in New York. I've gotten back here. New Orleans has one. Well, in, in New Orleans, I'll be honest, New Orleans has, in my opinion, one of the best comedy scenes anywhere. And that's completely unbiased, just all facts. No, just because it's very supportive. Uh, there's There are so many different types of folks doing comedy here. And people really do support and encourage each other. Like other comedians support and encourage each other. The community encourages stuff. And we have like an amazing festival Actually, we have a couple of, well, several amazing festivals, but like we have Black Girl Giggles Comedy Festival. So, you know, Black women doing their thing. We have improv festivals that also have a lot of women, a lot of women of color, a lot of Black women do their thing. Um, and just in general, if you come to New Orleans, you can, you can expect people to really be excited about you being here mm. and to be really supportive of you. 
And I thought that was the default until I realized you can go somewhere and, you know, <laughs> that may not necessarily be the case. But yeah, it's very supportive and people want to have a good time. That's awesome. Ooh. That's awesome. I remember doing shows uh, when I was on tour when I used to play music. And one of our favorite places to play was New Mexico near the Indian Reservation because they were just so happy to see you. <laughs> you know, and then you get back home. Yeah. And like, yeah. Like just as a human, not even like, oh, and you play music bonus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Oh yeah, that's wow, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. Definitely, that definitely so some cool. places. So, so, in LA. so what's everyone's background? So everyone's a, uh does comedy. Okay. Um so I am yeah, absolutely um, it's very cool. I've been a I've been a, a, a comedy that was backsliding for years and then I came to comedy and so and they say <laughs> that uh what they say is that in the church that the church is married to the backslider, but in my case comedy is married to the backslider and the backslider is me. So I um I got I got serious about comedy in October. So comedy and um voiceover and one day, you know, being on television are my dreams. Um but my background is kind of all over the place. Like uh today I was tutoring math and you know I tutor math, I teach chess. Um just whatever somebody will let me do as long as they're writing checks for it. And you know that's all right. I'm yeah. grateful. Um, uh, voiceover was a dream that came true. So that's part of what I do. Um, and that's kind of, that's it. I mean, born in Huntsville and got to new Orleans when I was 12 and did my middle school and high school years there, spent a year at Tulane university before transferring to Tuskegee. But my twin sisters are graduate of Xavier right there in new Orleans. And I definitely still consider new Orleans a big part of home. Um, you know, whenever we travel. So, and that's it. And I just love comedy. You know, can't. I want to go to New Orleans. I want to. I want to go to the famous place with the beignets. Oh, the Cafe du Monde. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, you did comedy when you were in New Orleans. What was your opinion about it? Well, I had, so it was very different because you know we were in and out, and and that was an opportunity that you uh, helped make happen, you. And it was awesome. I just because doing and being a comic in New Orleans was different than everything else I had done. All the other years was just spent in high school doing whatever. Um, but it was fun. That experience was very particular and awesome because it was all women. It was all women of color. It was mm. kind of right there, right there in like this kind of uptownish Broadway broad area. I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like that part of the city, we, when I grew up in New Orleans, we grew up in the East in New Orleans East. And when I went to high school, we were in New Orleans East and we would go like obviously uptown for Mardi Gras watching parades from St. Charles, um, certainly Mardi Gras parades. And, you know, you rode the broad bus up and down Chef Mentor. Um, uh, who doesn't love the French quarters? I remember when they built like the mall that's on the Mrs. like Jack's Brewery, like all these things. But coming to do that show was fun. I just wanted to I just wasn't I didn't wasn't able to get the word out to more friends that are still there. And I really had no idea what to expect from doing comedy in New Orleans. And that was a very eclectic and kind of different experience. The venue was different because it had this kind of living room-esque, like vintage furniture spot. Mm. I think they had brand stuff going on in the next bar because I know people got to know that that's a big pride community in New Orleans. It's a huge pride, always has been, like long before I even knew, and I say this, I, before I even knew... Or understood what homosexuality was like that it's it, there's a huge pride i didn't know what was going on in new orleans i didn't know what any of that meant and so i remember there were some drag queens or something getting dressed to do something in like the next space over it was very cool i just pray for an opportunity to come back 
Um, because the girl who did that show and who runs that festival, um, she was in Memphis when I was at that festival. And so she's, she's saying that she's toying with having her festival as opposed to having it when Essence is in, she's toying with having it in May or June. So I've been, I've had my eyes open, um, to see when she's calling for submissions, um, for the festival. Um, I know the folks, the black the Black Women in Comedy Festival in New York had open and, and then closed submissions, but I haven't seen where, and I don't know why I can't think of the sister's name who runs that, but we said we, we broke bread in Memphis because we didn't really get to even meet that night. Um, but it's just a very, I loved, I loved the night that I was in that room because we were all so different. You know, we were all so different types of women. And then also Shep Kelly, I don't know if you, I'm sure you know Shep Kelly. Yes, the comedian from there. Very, very butch from there. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's amazing. So Shep, yeah, Shep came. Um, Shep, I ran into at Memphis, and Shep came into the room the other morning toward the end, toward the at the end of the women's mic. I think on, I guess yesterday, Wednesday. So I'm just looking forward to getting back where I can have a chance for it to breathe, and also my prayer, maybe one day, I don't know how I will do it, is to see if we can have more one good comedy theater in there. Like not like the way we have these great comedy theaters and it's like, like they need a laugh factory or something there. Even if it's a, even if it's a laugh factory, like the one in like long, not long beach, the San, I haven't been to the long beach. I've been to the, the San Diego one. Uh, the, the, no, the San Diego one. I've been to yeah, that. That's one. the La Jolla one. Yeah. Oh, that's La Jolla. okay. So the San Diego one is got a, like it was around the corner from this other place. It, it's, it's still got the brand, but it's a smaller room, but you still have this. And I, I feel like that would be perfect for new Orleans because like right now, like the Fox theater, some of those places are bigger theaters for bigger comics. But I think we could get us a great show at a, if there was a laugh factory or even just one or two kind of respect as a, a zanies or a, you know, some of these other chain, even if there was an improv there, because that the improv is not a huge room, but it's a respected room. And I, I, my thinking is, I wish that in New Orleans, we had some of those, those branded spaces, like your Zanies or your, like I said, your improv, your um, Laugh Factory. And there's only a few Laugh Factories. There's another, what's another comedy? Um, but yeah, but that, I think that's what New Orleans needs for your mid-level kind of comic so that everything doesn't have to be like an earthquake or Dave Chappelle coming to the Fox Theater. Ah, <laughs> uh, interesting. Um, I, that's pretty cool. Like I've only been to New Orleans one time, but I will say it is very eclectic and it is very much each room has its own flavor and it's, it's a lot of artistic freedom um going on in there now too like i i'm curious with you because yep. you're a writer you're a stand-up comedian you do radio like you're doing all of these wonderful things one what brought you to stand up and two are you able to balance a personal life um with all of the stuff that you're doing and how do you balance mm. it Oh, I guess, am, do I balance a personal life? No, no, <laughs> unless my per personal life is comedy. But yeah. Um, yeah, I know they're always like, how do you balance it? I don't, I lean heavily on what's important at the time um, and I make it through on that. And then I, I pivot and I lean heavily on the next thing. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, but it is interesting because I've now found ways where they comp, where I can make it, make them complement each other. Because um, I find out that like sometimes when something is completely off balance, it's good to lean into that and get it together. And then it's a lot easier to add on whatever else you're doing. Like the more so 
sort of organized you are, even if it's not a balanced organization, even if your plan is to have one, you know, dominate, but the more organized you are, the more you're able to juggle the, all these different hats. And the more I do it, I actually realize they're not different hats. They're different facets and different mediums of the same thing. Because all of them are just ways of me expressing certain ideas, concepts, and, and you know, and sort of figure out my, my, my truth in a way, even if it's not, even if they didn't actually happen, like what's the, that Mark Twain thing? It's like, I don't care if it actually, if it's actually happened as long as it's true or something. And so I can right. do it that through the platform of the radio. I can do that through my various writing forms, whether I'm writing music. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yes, yes. But I can do that through comedy. So it's all, so I, when I think of it, I think of it as the same thing and it's just different mediums for me doing the same thing. And one of the things I love now more than ever is taking something from one medium, like having it be a state uh, joke and then transferring it to another medium. Like right now I'm doing animated sketches. So I'm tank, I'm just, and then I can transfer it again. It could be a song. It could be a poem. It could be a conversation that's had on the radio. And I think of it now as the same thing. Cause it's all just me expressing myself. And so I, and that has helped me a lot in a way. It's not balanced, but it's, 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 uh, at least organized, like I said. Yeah. But yeah, but thank you. That's, that was, that's very cool. But I, yeah, I got into stand up your, uh, but I, I, I feel like there's two parts of my stand up journey because I initially got into stand up or at least uh, got interested in stand up because I was working on a short film. I had just gotten, I had helped a friend out and we got uh, his short film or our short film into a couple festivals and I wanted to write something else that was about stand up comedians. And I was like, oh, you know, it'd be interesting if I actually saw what it was, like saw truly what that process was. So it was more, I wasn't taking it that uh, serious. I've always been a humorist. I've always leaned towards funny material when, and when it came to like acting and theater stuff. And um, I did speech and debate in college. So I, I wrote funny things for that. And so being funny on stage wasn't new to me, but, but the idea of stand up was. But then there was a second mm -hmm. part of my journey. And I, because I started stand up in, in Dublin and that's a whole story in Ireland. But um, the, Part of my journey where I became serious wasn't until I got to New Orleans, which was a couple of years later. And I found there was a community here of black women supporting each other doing stand up. And, mm -hmm. and, the, and the girl you were talking about, uh, Dana Geneva, who started the Black Girl Giggles Comedy Festival. Yes. And, um, and done a lot of other stuff. And Chef Kelly as well. They were folks who like when I first got here and start like they gave me opportunities to be on stage and to really be free to just say whatever, do whatever. And it was all in this community of encouraging me to be bold and and it's okay yeah. to like not be perfect. And the thing is, the New Orleans audience, there's so much tour, there's so many, there's locals and there's tourists and they're so supportive in different ways because they want to have a good time. But it gives you a place where you can grow without worrying so much about, am I going to make it? I feel like in, in New York, there's industry and there's all this professionalism. But here it's like people are really doing it they're doing it for their own personal reasons. Like you're yeah. going there because you want to have a good time. You're not going there because you necessarily think you're good. This is the step one to become Seinfeld. And that kind of gives mm. you a freedom yeah. to be like, be creative, be yourself, have a good time more than anything else. And some of those things really help my comedy flourish from an enjoyment standpoint. That was like, so yeah, so that, that, that is where I learned to uh, enjoy comedy is right here. And then about going back to New York, it's time to grow. <laughs> <laughs>
That's beautiful because, you know, when I started my comedy journey, I started it in the pandemic and there were no um, expectations on myself. I took a class and it was just for fun. I had been taking cooking classes and painting classes and this was another class I was doing. And I, you know, I wasn't that good at it at all, but it was really fun to try to keep getting better and do research and try to figure out how I can improve. That's kind of how what makes me enjoy doing things. And so um, it's so funny that you mentioned like. But when did you fall in love with good comedy and when did you fall out? Well, the thing is, I'm not I'm still in love with comedy. I fell in love with comedy the minute that I wrote my first joke and it made me laugh. And then I told it to everybody and nobody laughed. And I still wanted to keep going because I was like, that was funny. Like I like, and you know, and I, I, I fell in love with it immediately. It electrifies me every time I do it. Um, I, I share with Stefan and Dana because we, we're living in our own authenticity. Um, I was doing it for just for the fun, but as things progressed, it became a lot more of like, well, do you want to do this show? And da, 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 like, and then my family started being like, you know, Victoria, you need to like take this seriously. And it was so much pressure. Um, I still loved it. And I still like, no matter what, just being in an open mic, it would feel like I drank a Red Bull, but my doggy died in October. Um, I, it took, the essence oh, of who sorry. I am from me. Mm -hmm. And I have not found my way back to mm -hmm. even caring about anything. And so I have not found my way back to my comedy consistently, but I am in therapy just very recently in order to get help so that I can come back to myself. But, but since then, like I literally, I'm, I'm numb to life. And so I still love comedy. It still is a spiritual experience. I'm a very, like, I'm, I, I said, said the truth, I'm a psychic. Um, I've always believed in the Akashic Records, the ancestors. I, I believe it's nothing new under the sun. Everybody that created anything and the ideas that exist in the world are always around to help us. So I call on the ancestors and I call on the comedic ancestors. I always say, except you, Richard Pryor, if you didn't get your mind right. Because I don't want to have a crackhead spirit. But I said, come in and inspire me. And so I will get jokes in the bathtub. I will start a joke and I can't finish it. And they will give me the punchline. It'll just hit as an inspiration. And so it's it's a spiritual experience for me. I can never fall out of love with it. It's the way I connect with who I am. But I definitely am just not myself. So there we go. And I'm sorry, like spiritual Richard Pryor don't have no. Absolutely. You know what? I, you know what? <laughs> How does he feel though? How do you think Richard I'm feels sorry. about that? He's, he's ascended. I know because I know that wasn't comedy, day, but it was. Folks still be in their mess. <laughs> it was you know just everybody around you. <laughs> no, that was when you said that was the Richard Pryor thing, man. That was dope. Oh my god, oh, that, was, that was dope. <laughs> I, was, was like, see, I was trying to stay is. focused because I, I, I like I, I was very moved, but but the comedy in me. <laughs> oh gosh! But like, it's funny. But like, I'm dead ass serious. Though. Like, Sorry, that's, that's funny. Like, dope. I'm not playing. That's what makes it dope. <laughs>
That's the, that's the thing. There's all kinds of comedy, man. There's all kinds of comedy. You could have somebody get on stage and just be straight ass serious and say something, and you're just like, damn. Right. And you're like, that ain't the joke. <laughs> that's the setup. What but are y'all yeah. laughing at? But that's yeah. the thing, though, right? If you, I honestly, that's one of the even the things Richard Pryor said. He said, being funny isn't enough. Mm. Right. He said, uh, be interesting. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. you you could you may not yeah. you know, whoever it is could maybe not have the best material, but maybe the way their face moves, the way they handle themselves on stage, their energy, and then people just can't look away, right? Even though the jokes ain't yeah. the greatest, but they're just like, damn, you know that's I mean? so true. It's like the it factor, yeah. And I'm see, I'm talking to you like I'm talking to my psychic people, you know, my little spiritual people. Like they wouldn't laugh at that. They'd be like, <laughs> oh yeah, I feel you on that one. You know, but like to everyday people that ain't like conjuring up, you know. No, no, no. It was, it was, the gods it was, of comedy. It's they just like, the way you said it. Man, just like selectively <laughs> pick it. out Richard Pryor, but like shit, you know. Like Spikey friends will be like, did you did you call out all the, the alcoholics and the crackheads? Because you don't want to deal with that energy. <laughs> they would have been saying that. So yeah, you know what it is. It's because comedy. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like maybe that's like that. That's the comedy in us because comedy, com like sometimes laughing, just releasing the tension when you when you've hit a moment of just truth, even if it right. feels like absurdity or even if, if it feels like you know it's just unexpected, and that and that's what that moment is because it's like you're right, you know what I mean? You're right. It's it's almost agreement, but it's the way people agree with something that's just so wild but so on point and that's what that moment was so it, it, it was it was a respect of that moment of like whoa it's like and, they, and and you just release it so you can receive it which is like amazing so um no that's incredible and i love because i will tell you in a weird way there are several people that i connected with on clubhouse like a shout out clubhouse that shifted where I was with comedy. Cause when I started, me and comedy were not in a good place. Um, mm. Like during the pandemic, I mean, even before the pandemic, like I had a horrible comedy, like comparison. Like I thought, you know, or metaphor, whatever you want to call it. Like my thing was like, I thought of like, me and comedy is like being in like a toxic or an abusive relationship. Like it was like Ike Turner mm. and I couldn't quit it. You know? So I was, it wasn't like, it was, it was in, a, it was in whatever kind of place. Cause like you give so much to it. And you don't get, you didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting a return. And it was like, and then you're putting yourself out there all the time. And it's just feels so empty. It was like, that was my thing before. And then I had, there was a comedian who actually talked to me and was like, no, he was like, there, and he was telling me about these two different types of comedians. The ones who go on stage and they're all about like the audience laughing. And then this other one is where you're almost having you're having a love affair with your comedy and you're just enjoying it and you're sharing that joy with people and i realized that's where it was where it was like it was almost like we're going to comedy counseling and i was like let me get back to instead of it being about the laughter or about the response or about like is that you know like them determining the validation let me just find stuff that i enjoy and get back to the love affair that I had in the very beginning where it was all about me and just, this is stuff that makes me happy. It was, it was more of a selfish, but it's selfish, but you're sharing it kind of thing. And when I tell you it shifted everything, cause we went from like, we were about to be divorced. 
we went to couples counseling. Uh, <laughs> we redefined the relationship. And now it's not the passionate love affair high of the beginning, but there's mm. mutual respect and wow. we enjoy each other's company. And I'm like, that mm. is a great place to be in terms mm. of moving forward. I was like, I, now I feel like I'm in a mature place when it comes to it. Um, mm. And that gives me the ability to keep going because it's if it's all, if you're chasing the high, then you're going to hit the low every time because you'll be like, hi, hi. Mm. Then when, you, when you're that open, it's like when your whole being is that open to then, or at least for me, I'm a sensitive person. Then all of a sudden I'm so affected by one wrong moment, by one showcase mm. without, and you know, without the appropriate appreciation by one festival moment by one you know i mean i'm so impacted and i was like this is not healthy <laughs> i'm too <laughs> i can't keep chasing the high but like now i'm like it's, i'm not chasing the high i i'm like just enjoying the process and recognizing it for what it is and appreciating the growth and it's 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 very different and it's so important because now especially when i get got back to comedy for me it's like comedy is for me healing it is a way of me organizing what my thoughts are. It's a way for me to, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a way for me to, like, it's, I love the idea of me think, saying, thinking of something that I think only I get and then being able to share that with other folks. And if there's any resonance at all, it feel it, it connects us as humans. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Because you feel like your situation is your situation. But if but other people they may not have gone through your situation, but they still there's resonance because we all share the human experience, and it's and sometimes it's so it's such a blessing to be able to have do something where where you can have those moments of like oh you in your own different circumstance resonate with something I'm saying or I've made you see something you may not have seen before or like yeah. it, it's it's a privilege um, in my opinion, but. Um, Anyways, that's where that's where we are now. I still wearing the ring, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um and that's certainly how we met you. Like I think we're having an anniversary uh, coming up, but you know, we're 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 okay. <laughs> Very nice. That I mean, I well, um I did, and I just want to shout out uh Clubhouse because that's how I met you, Chu. Like and it's, I think it's as a testament to what we've all been through in the pandemic. And I think as comedians, we're special people, Stefan, right? You know, we're, oh, yes, definitely. you know, like, um, you know, what's that word? Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of it. We're people, we, um, oh, my gosh, like we're um, resilient. resilient, resilient, resilient. And I think it's amazing how a certain tribe of us ended up gathering together on clubhouse and like kind of moving together in this beautiful way. And I know Stefan, I know you don't go in there as much as I know I, I got you guys. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Getting like just, just as a way to really, really, and also chew plug. You, okay. Oh my gosh. Chew has Yay! a writing workshop. Talk about the writing workshop. Like, like, and I, oh. and I bring up clubhouse. I was just trying to bring it up as a way because it's, I feel like it's a, it has been a way station for lack of a better word, like because or a waiting station, just because everybody at various levels in the game, we can coalesce there so we can meet 
like higher level comics and people who are like like I mean Tehran is not yet a Chappelle but we're you know we're there and we're chatting it up with the Tehran um Bob Sumner who is the you know the brains and the the icon behind the um behind Deaf Comedy Jam is doing a weekly a once a week showcase so then a, you know a few of us a bunch of us rather not just a few are on there then you know Scott Henry and um who is and and Derek Eason who are these comedians that maybe people have not heard of but they are incredible road comics who have 30 plus years behind them and we're in there and we're getting mentored by them and you know and then um the Laugh Factory even though they had a a, a bunch of a slew of rooms and workshops but you know that brand there was just there's so many um Chu used this word when we were on the phone earlier there's so many intersectionalities of this experience of this comedy experience that I think are very specific to the pandemic and even our podcasts. You know, Stefan, one late night on Facebook starts chatting. And even though our original composition of a panel has changed, like, you know, Victor Victoria, we met because of your second class. I got, I was in my first class, mm -hmm. at least it was your second. So we met in these spaces and, you know, by, by a golden rod, a golden thread, we've all been brought together, you know, to, to do some wonderful things and to keep elevating. So I eat like therapy of, of the absurd was born. And I feel like I was probably, you talked about being in counseling and trying to get back together. I feel like I'm still wearing a promise ring, you know, or maybe, I not, maybe an engagement ring. I, you know what? Just based on our conversation today, Chu, I'm wearing an engagement <laughs> ring. More than a promise, I'm wearing an engagement ring. You know, we're trying to set a date. Yes, mm. um, for everything, but we are, but we've been, we've been in a very yeah. accelerated relationship, a very accelerated relationship oh. that I'm grateful for. And, but I think it is, it's just a mix of all these yes. things that have brought us all together and, and advanced us in these very, very special ways. And like mm -hmm. therapy of the absurd is, is, is a, is our child. Like, I think we gave birth to a collective child, you know, um, but we're engaged, so it's okay. You know, like we're gonna get married. <laughs> it's, it may be a shotgun wedding, you know, but um, but we're you know we're gonna get there. But I I say all that because I just feel like it's amazing that we're all here, you know, doing our thing and making our ways and coming together. And also, Victoria, shout out to your mom. I miss her. Um, I miss that aspect of Zoom. I miss seeing your mom on Zooms who would come to see you because I love your mom. Um, but you tell us a little bit about the writing workshop. Um, because like Chu, I know we had this conversation. I'm going to have to on this platform toot Chu's horn just a little bit. She's a really fantastic writer. Like her mind oh. is fast and open, and she finds the the jokes and the loopholes of jokes in everything. So mm. she um has been endowed and elevated to a writing workshop uh, through the Big Comedy Network on Clubhouse. Tell us a little bit more about it, Chu. I think it's coming. Can you hear me, Chu? Uh-oh, are you frozen? I'm oh. trying not to talk so it doesn't mess up the delay. Right. That's how oh, here we go. That's okay. She got stuck with a smile right there. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> We were doing good. She's gonna pop back on. No, she's gonna pop back on and be up to speed. Oh yeah. Right. No, no, this is this is awesome. It's very uh I guess the word would be what intuitive, very uh interesting. And uh yes. yeah, I, I I any I love talking about all things comedy, so 
Um, and I just want to say, Stefan, thank you for the love. I when you get a chance, I don't know if you went back. I had to I put that video up last night and you were one of the first three likes, but I took it down because I know that from an algorithm space, it's not really smart to put stuff up at midnight. You know what I'm oh, saying? Okay. Like you want to give it more traction. <laughs> like, circle back around, give it a like because oh, okay. it's back up. I put it, yes. I got up and like put it up at like nine this morning. Oh, okay. Which according to all the, the internet suggestions. <laughs> Um, that you want to do, you know, you want to post things between yeah. seven and ten and whatever. Oh, okay, whatever. between seven and ten. Okay, I see. I, seven I and know that. ten. <laughs> I've done the work. I've done the research. I know that. But when you when you're the person that's like making it, you just want to like you get. For me, I felt excited. I was like, let's just get it out there. I think it's finally done because you you know you end up um, when you're yeah. making the content. Um, you know, you, you end up with a few takes and you're trying to do this and then you mess up, so you got to start over and then you got to you know write up your comments and all the things and your captions. Like it's truly a you know a production from soup to nuts, um, but I I got up and reposted it and a couple of things. I had a little day three for Black History Month. Plus I reposted um, the monkeys man. Uh, it needs to be more than a month, huh? It needs to be more than a month. Well, of course we know that. So and I posted about that too. That we're we're headed toward three hundred sixty five black like you know black to the future yeah. black. Oh, we, we're <laughs> you know, but I, I think the most important thing is. Um, you know, as African-American people that we have to believe in and we have to be wholly yeah. convinced of it and, and and wholly in the space of that we're not encroaching upon somebody else by being proud of a 365, mm. you know, black type of, you know, whatever, you know, however, however we express that. Yeah, but I'm going to put all that up. I get what you mean. And, and the other thing is I, I do, I celebrate it because at least even though I believe in 365, and I think if anybody knows me, y'all know I'm 365 black. Like I'm always trying to wear and do whatever it is blackness all times of the year. But but when there is a light shown upon us, you know, with with more people than I then I so I, to me I'm okay to play to that because then I can get your attention and like open up for a wider conversation. Yeah. Just because there's a, a light shown on us this month, you know. Oh yeah. Um, um just just ideas. I don't know, but um but I also you know I'm just trying to. I, I I love production and I love like the green screen and I love like the, I love the the way that you can we can we can be super creative we can make these things um oh. you know and the, and the tech is there and it's you know uh -oh, right in the palm of our hand <laughs> literally your studio is right here and I've got my blue and you know I've got all the lights you know and all the things um oh yeah but, um, no I, I I'm I'm just uh I'm just very uh, appreciative and happy that that we get to do this every other week and we get, you know, to get to meet different and interesting people and talk to different people. I'm gonna, And I'm going to get my ass back on uh, Clubhouse. Uh, on Club, th thank you. <laughs> on Clubhouse. Because um, that's definitely uh, there and Zoom and all that. And then just get some of my newer stuff good to go. I actually ran into... Um, an old a comedian that we actually did stuff with. Uh, he moved to Pedro with his wife. Uh, I don't know if you remember, he was on the show, Ron Placone. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And he lives in Pedro and we met up and stuff to talk about, uh, you know, like possible, you know, me helping him with possible things and stuff. And, hey, uh, you know, and trying to, you know, exchange information and, you know, show love yeah. and have everybody get shows and, all that and he was just because he does uh what is it 40 weeks a year on the road and shit wow <laughs> yeah. you know and he he wants me to help him with some stuff so i'm you know i'm open to all possibilities you know i i we, 
we, we don't know where all these paths lead, you know, we don't know, you know, right. just want to put our foot in it or put our fingers in as many. I don't even know if that's a good analogy anymore, but put our fingers in as many pies as possible. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. That sounds like a delicious way to live. That's right. 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 Fingers in pies. You got 10 fingers, damn it. That's 10 pies. That's all I'm right. saying. But now, if you're putting your toes into pies and those go in your mouth, I don't know. I, I can't yeah, have that. I too much. deal with that person. That's too much. Then <laughs> I don't care what kind of pie you eat. That's no, no. We're not eating yeah. toe pie. Okay. That, that's yeah. just gross. That's gross. But yes. Well, I guess we lost you. We'll have to. Kind I have of her here, out. but I, let me see if. Oh, maybe, uh -oh. Let me see. Chu, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Can you see me? Because I look like no. a black box. No. no. Oh, wait. Like maybe black my black. camera. How do you uh, turn the wrong way? Like wait. the wiz <laughs> Wizard of Oz. You have a curtain. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> a curtain there. Is there a way of turn? How oh, goodness. Maybe my camera's turned. It's on my phone. So I don't know if it's if it's turned. Why am I black? I mean, I am black, but I. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, that's a different question to ask God, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I love being black. It's Black History Month, but um, this is a little bit too black. Uh, <laughs> not that there is such thing as too black. There's no such thing as too black. I love. Oh, anyways, okay. Let me not talk out loud while I'm thinking. Um, okay, I'm gonna try, try my computer and see if. I mean, I can. If you guys can hear me perfectly, though. Yeah. We can. Okay, I can try the computer. I don't know if you'll be able to hear me perfectly, but you can. You'll be able to see me. One moment. All right. One second. Let me switch over. So I'm entering. Okay. Okay. So okay. Let me... Oh. Um. There right. No. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's an eight. It's a seven. Yay. And we can see you. Yeah, we can see you. We love you. Yes. Oh, I appreciate it. Oh, man, we made it, y'all. We've been through a lot together. This hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've, yeah, we've, we've, we've accomplished it. And, I, and I'm sorry, Jesus, why I... Wi-Fi Jesus. Um, <laughs> We're trying to connect. We're trying to connect, damn it. We're, we, we are trying. I am trying to connect. That's all I was trying to do is connect. It was like, yeah. uh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Um, and we have connected, ironically enough. Even, you know, yes. with all the, it feels very symbolic of life. You know, it's, sometimes, it's not easy. Sometimes you can't, you can't really hear what you want to here because there's a bad connection, but it's exactly like life. Somehow it was like in my mind that was very profound, but it, it's not like life. <laughs> no, it's true. We just didn't want to interrupt because there's a little bit of a delay. But I do want to hear about this writing. Um, Let's talk right about Friday. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So on uh, Friday. Hey, on Clubhouse, where I'm, I have a writing room. I did it for the first time last week. It was incredible. Everyone was able to introduce themselves and talk about their writing process. And we're going to, it gives you an opportunity if there's something that you're working on you want, and you want feedback. Honestly, Clubhouse has some of the most supportive, helpful feedback folks ever. Um, so they, they're there for that. And then we're also going to be talking about things that are particularly important for writers. Like this week we're gonna talk about distraction. 
because so many people, even if they don't have diagnosed ADHD, have issues with focus, distraction, um, getting discouraged, pausing, and how, um, so we're going to talk to different folks and see how they're able to navigate past that and still be productive. Because I feel like you can have any kind of challenge, we all have challenges, but how do you make sure it doesn't block you from being able to really develop and create the things you want to create? And I have a real broad definition of writing. Writing isn't using <laughs> hand and writing. I'm, writing is anywhere where you capture your creativity. So if you use voice memos, if you doodle, if you don't write out mm. every word, but you just do like a little outline with hieroglyphics, whatever it is, we're going to call that writing. Some people get so stuck on, I'm not clacking away on the laptop or I'm not writing down that they're like, oh, I'm not writing. I'm like, are you creating something? And are you creating in a way that you capture it to, so that you can later grow and develop it? And that's all mm. we're encouraging in the space, whatever that is. So it's a no judgment zone about how you do it, what mm. you do it, in fact, share how you do it and let's all create more and be our best selves. So yeah, it's so much fun. And also I want to do a shout out to Dana's room, which is almost spiritual because today's been almost spiritual. It, it, because it's because I'm I'm serious because everyone's talking about the transition. Like when me, me and my my current, but at the time almost my ex comedy, when we were at that point, I was in other spaces because not because Clubhouse has a lot of diverse spaces. You can go to places where there's is a little more there was there was weekly competitions in some places, there was more uh critical feedback spaces, you know, you can find your own comedy nook. And Dana curated a space that is one of, not even one of, it's the most supportive comedy space I've experienced on Clubhouse. It is a place where whether you are a 30-year veteran, like she mentioned, or you're brand new and you've never done comedy before, you're treated with the same amount of respect and people really navigate you with wherever you are and, 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 and you're wrapped with love and support. And it has been one of those places that has really encouraged you to like, feel free to experiment, to try, to like do whatever you're going to do and know that people are still going to love you and they're really listening. Like people really listen to folks and really give not, not feedback. They really try to support your material at whatever state it is. And I always say it almost feels like a comedy ministry. It almost feels like I'm going to church. I need it for an encouragement bit because I write all the time, but her rooms are what feeds me in my spirit when it comes to that. Because I can go there. I can go to another space where it's like, do you like me? Am I good enough? You know, all the classic comedy, you know, you know where we are in our heads. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and my birthday of oxygen, you know, um, but, but like I've been fed at first. So like, so I definitely encourage her, uh, her women's room is, is incredible. And then she has a pro-am room. And surprisingly, that's also a place where it's, it's, it's a really, loving space it's a little more serious but it's definitely um still has her signature you know my I, my my loves my loves like she's the yon love comedy like but my beloveds <laughs> come here beloved and well not yon love like the later seasons where she's like tough love but yon love like in the beginning when she's like you know holding everyone's face you know and, and telling <laughs> you're, you're, you're worthy <laughs> So, um, I'm going to take that. Yeah, I'm love <laughs> comedy. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Yes. No, absolutely. It's yours. <laughs> but, um, but I'm telling, because I'm telling, this is my entire mission. I feel like this is my deeper mission in life is just to get all these, there are so many people out there 
who are so amazing and creative and so much of their creative creativity is in their head. You know what I mean? So much of it is so like, it's, I can't even say it's unorganized. It's not even, it hasn't even, even been put out there yet. And there's so many things blocking that. And my, and my ministry, so to speak, my, my purpose and my intention is to just encourage that no matter what expect. Cause like, you know, like, and I, and I know we all go through stuff and I know, you know, it's, it's tough, but I, I just, I'm like, I feel like sometimes like God, universe, bigger things, put stuff in us for the purpose of sharing and connecting and having mm. that resonance. I feel like we are all connected in human as humans in ways we can't understand. And I just, and, and sometimes if we can just get it out and especially if we can get it out to a place where we can like look at it and like start moving it around, like that Tom Cruise movie. I don't know. What was that movie? Was it Minority Report? He starts moving. <laughs> you know, he starts doing this. Like, if we could just have, like, here, random yeah. thoughts, cat, dog, you know, existential dread. We just have our, you know, random thoughts are listed. And then you're yeah. somehow able to start putting it together in a little bit of an order and make it, like, pretty, maybe add a punchline. It's like, look at this thing. Look at this yes. thing. Yes. That's what yeah. I want for, for everyone, because that is how I process life. That is... I don't know. It's 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 beautiful, but that is uh, you guys are amazing for listening for all. Of that. Uh, <laughs> of <course>. I'm, <laughs> I'm very uh, We're definitely going to have to have you on again, uh, definitely very soon. Uh, tell everybody uh, where you, what you got going on, where they can catch you, where you're performing. Okay, absolutely. All right. So if you want to follow the upcoming things I have going on, definitely follow me on Instagram at Comedy Chew, at Comedy C-H-U, because I will be posting shows. I'll post the writing rooms and et cetera there. They, I might post them super last minute, so, you know, check daily, but uh, they will be posted. And I also, one of the things I'm doing that's most exciting right now is I am working on animated sketches. I, I finally decided that there are so many things that represent the sort of intersectionality and the nuance of my experience just as a person um, that isn't represented. And I was like, who's going to make it? Me, I'm going to make it. How am I going to make, you know, and, and then with like everything going on, how am I going to make it any way possible? And what, what's my superpower? Not being balanced. So I'm just going to go push out and make as much stuff as I can until I crash <laughs> and I'll take a break and shift and do something else. But, um, but if you want to, like I encourage people to do their own thing. I definitely encourage you to come to the writing room if you can, come to Dana's room if you can, and do whatever you're doing. But if you wanted to do voiceover or to give feedback for some of the stuff I'm doing, I would love for you to reach out and um, be part of that because it's, it's very exciting and it's very new. And so definitely hit me up if that is something you're interested in. So that that those are the main things. Those are my projects. Come on board if you want. And my shows. Follow me on Instagram and follow me. So thank y'all. <laughs> oh yeah, we got you right there with the Instagram. I also got your uh, <laughs> the Chew Project uh, podcast. I'm making sure to let everybody know they can listen oh. to it on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket, and more. Chew, are you um? Can people catch you on Facebook or Twitter or any of the other platforms? Or is Instagram like the best place? Instagram is the best place for now when I get everything else popping. Even though like you could literally, it wouldn't, if you, if even one person adds me on, on Twitter, it will increase my Twitter percentage by like 10%. I think I have like eight or nine people there. So 
Yeah, that takes a while to build. So you were very powerful. <laughs> no, like so in the so like, but um, I think Instagram is definitely my go-to social media, and um, if I post anything else that's interesting on any of the other platforms, I'll also post it on Instagram. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, does anybody else have any shows coming up or anything they want to promo? Um. So. I'm going to say, follow me, guys. Um, I'll, I should be able to get a flyer up and get 100,000% confirmation, but it, I'm going to be at the Laugh Factory on Terror on Thursdays next Thursday on the 930 mm. show. Um, and so they're trying to get a flyer up, just making sure everything is all good. Like we got a, I think I got a, a, a soft medium yes, just trying to make sure it's a hard yes. Um, and um, But excited about that. Um, we'll be back here. Actually, I think, let me see. So today's, so our, we're back on here on the 17th. So then the week after that, if there are any, anybody knows anybody in Vegas, I'm in Vegas on the 24th. Um, it's a Thursday. So it's one, and it's one of our off Thursdays. So I'm excited. Um, and then we'll be back before this. I think I have a March, a March 12th date at somewhere that I've never, I'm not familiar with. So I'm very excited because I like going to new places. Um, but I think um, just if anybody is, you know, not follow me and it's right there, IG Dana Keel, um, because we want to get these folks, we want to get y'all out to see me at the Lab Factory because I'm very excited to be my debut um, there at the factory. So just excited about that. And um, just more dates to come. Also, um, I've got great content. I have a series on Instagram called Who Filming? Not Helping. Y'all come and check out because y'all know how it is. In this day and age, where you can film everything, like I just feel like get off the sideline, help these people. And so, <laughs> and it was interesting. I was talking to um, comedian friend Brie Geiger last night, and I was like, honestly, I've always felt that way. Like even on in the seventies on the news, they'd have these photographers and photojournalists taking pictures of war. I'm like. Y'all know who's right. Why y'all not helping? How y'all taking pictures? <laughs> so, right. so anyway, who filming? Uh, not helping. Um, and so check out my series on Instagram. Because happy Black History Month um, this month and throughout the year. Uh, <laughs> Victoria's like, man, don't you? I love y'all. Did you any, any shows or anything coming up, Victoria? No, no, nothing. I, I, I shook my head. No. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's, it's. continued Soon. peace and comfort with, um, with you know, with the dog and everything. Yeah. I know, you oh, know, yeah. we just continued peace and comfort and continued healing. Oh, yes. My condolences. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Nothing, nothing on this side. Just uh, you know, finishing the move, writing stuff, and uh, gonna yeah. progressively dive into clubhouse and a bunch of other open mics and get the new material where it needs to be and uh you know because i got a lot of really dark and dirty <laughs> stuff that i need to share with everyone <laughs> uh that's okay. pretty much it and we will be back uh not this coming up thursday but the thursday after next 17. and make sure yes make sure to follow uh comedy chew on instagram we got it right there and get on over there to uh, Anchor FM, Spotify, wherever audio podcasts are, and uh, get on that uh, the Chew Project podcast. Yes. Thank you, everybody. Have a beautiful, beautiful night. Thank you so much. Night, night. <coughs> Love you all.